This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to a unique episode 9 of the Total Saints podcast. My name is Ben Stanfield, host of Total Saints podcast, and as it's currently the international break with no game for Saints, I wanted to plug the gap, so to speak, with a podcast talking about something close to many of our hearts, the Saints Foundation. I'm delighted to be joined on this podcast by three very special guests, all with close ties to the Foundation. Firstly, in no particular order, we have Greg Baker, head of the Saints Foundation, Greg, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for giving up your time to speak with us. How are you keeping? Yeah, really well, thanks, Ben. Nice to be invited. Secondly, we have an award-winning Saints fan. If I said Robbie, you may have an inkling, but if I said the George Weir's cousin, 2016-17, best Saints-related tweeter, you'd know it was Robbie, a.k.a. at Saints in France from Twitter. Robbie, welcome also. Pleasure to have you with us. How are you keeping in Normandy? Very well, Ben. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's an honour to be on, and thank you for the marvellous introduction. (laughs) Lastly, but by no means least, we have probably the most engaging father of a Saints player there has been in modern times, someone who built and continues to build a strong rapport with both Saints fans and the foundation, Dirk de Ridder. Dirk, it's an absolute pleasure to see you again after our visit to Milan last year. How are you keeping in Belgium? Yeah, everything is fine and uh, football and the social community is still my passion. Excellent. The aim of the podcast episode this week, as I said earlier, is to talk about a fantastic charity that Greg and his team are running, to tell you a bit about projects they currently have on the go and those coming up, to hear from Robbie and Dirk on how they got so involved in the foundation themselves, and to tell you how you can get involved in supporting it in the future, should you wish to. Let's get on with the Saints Foundation special podcast. Greg, to start us off, I wonder if you could describe just what the foundation does and the goals and visions it aspires to deliver. The Saints Foundation is obviously the official charity of Southampton Football Club. 
formed back in 2001 as Saints in the Community, but then changed our name to in 2010 to Saints Foundation. And um, when we really started to deliver, you know, many more socially minded projects. So we run a number of projects right across the local community, mainly in Southampton and the, you know, in the city boundaries, but also across Hampshire as well. So basically we exist to support those particularly young people, adults and vulnerable adults that are in need. And we support them across the local community. And really the idea of what we do is to try and turn their potential into excellence. So the football club's mantra is to turn potential into excellence, whether that's a young player, a, a player that joins us in their 20s, 30s, but also for the foundation very much for us to work with those people to help them fulfil their potential, whatever it might be. You've been with the foundation, Greg, three years now. How much has it changed in your time since you've been there? So I think it's ever evolving. I mean, we, we've grown quite significantly in the last three years, and that's partially due to the work that we're doing, but also partially due to our really enviable place as a Premier League football club. We get huge support from the Premier League and from the football family generally. So we've grown in the last three years from, I believe, 21 members of staff, full-time members of staff in 2014. We're now about 55 strong, plus lots of casuals as well. So we've got probably about 80 or 90 people that are on our payroll at any time. In terms of the uh, the breadth of the projects we deliver as well, that's changed. In terms of in that time, we've taken on some work around older people. We've increased our work around vulnerable adults, and certainly we've increased our work in schools. So change, but it's just an evolution. And I'm sure talking in five years' time, it will look very different. And obviously, partially that is based on social need of the communities that we're serving and also the central government agenda about what is really important to, to support and deliver. Obviously, the support of the club is important as well. So when you look at the players that get involved in the community and such, I mean, how, how important is their support as a player and what they can do to inspire the people you're working with? Taking the question about the club first and foremost, and we we simply wouldn't exist without the club. Whilst we are an independent charity, we are, to all intents and purposes, a department of the football club, and we simply wouldn't exist. We did some work, and while it's not particularly scientific, the the, um, the findings are that we, we save around about £500,000 per year by being linked to the football club so in terms of the football club are hugely generous with their support so in terms of it support hr support the very fact that we're based at the stadium we're using their facilities marketing support is huge so quite simply without that and the badge we wouldn't exist and we certainly wouldn't be able to do what we what we do in terms of the players yeah hugely supportive we've had some really great examples over the last year of, of various players coming out to support us both in our in our project work but also in our fundraising as well so for example last year we had game of two halves with four of the first team players doing a really great job of, of entertaining the crowds but also the recent big issue partnership for the players out in the rain in winchester high street selling the magazine fantastic in terms of very very engaged so we're really fortunate that we've got a squad of players and a support network within the club that is hugely supportive of what we're trying to achieve and i know sometimes it sounds a little bit cliche but it does really feel like we're a massive family that's trying to all, all push in the same direction so yeah as i say right down from the top ralph kruger and the board through to the playing squad through to other members of staff we're hugely fortunate to be in the position that we're in and get the support from all parties at st mary's to be able to try and achieve what we what we achieve I know you mentioned the big issue there. I know it'll be something that's close to Dirk's heart, certainly, and can go on to talk to Dirk about this later. How did that relationship with the big issue come about then, Greg? 
We've had a history of working with vulnerable adults, so adults at risk in our community, be that from mental health issues, criminality issues, be sometimes just dealt a, a, a bad hand. So we've, we've worked with the Society St. James for the last six or seven years to deliver a project called Saints of Sport, which has supported hundreds of people every year that are really at their lowest ebb and really giving them the opportunity either to get back into training, employment, really just to raise their aspirations. So there was a natural next step to work with a national organisation in terms of working directly with the big issue, there was a part of chance around it. We were given an opportunity to speak to a guy called Russ Blackman, who is their managing director, and also a lady called Serena Crisp, who works for the, the uh, Big Issue Foundation. From that meeting, we were aware of some work that had been done by Borussia Dortmund with their equivalent street magazine, where they, they released a, a small seasonal issue a couple of years back. And, and, and in that meeting, we just said, wouldn't this be great if actually we put out a magazine that people buy in terms of they buy generally anyway. So we know that the Matchday magazine will sell X thousand copies. So we thought this is going to be quite a big deal in terms of bringing a magazine that is traditionally our fans may not buy for various reasons, bringing it to them and actually make it an official club product. So that was very much phase one. So obviously the Swansea game on the 12th of August, the first game of this season, we were fortunate enough to launch that magazine, which sold around four and a half thousand copies right across the South and also on match day itself with 50% of the uh, takings going directly to the people that sold the magazine on match day, but also 50% going back into the big issue to support their work. So again, really typical of the football club in terms of obviously the matchday magazine is a commercial property but we're very very happy to give over their profits effectively for the good of society um for that first game of the season so that was very much phase one really really successful obviously as i say had four of the players so oriel romeo manolo gabbiadini nathan redmond and florent gardas out with us in winchester high street and what you see hopefully you've seen the video what you see on camera is reality in terms of those guys were fantastic. They were really, really into selling the magazine, being supportive, finding out exactly what we were doing and really, really got involved. And that was fantastic for us. Phase two launches on the 4th of October. So run by a lady who I think Robbie knows pretty well through Twitter called Lisa Latona, who's one of our project officers. So she will be delivering a program to specifically for big issue vendors with the express intention in the longer term to get those people employment at Southampton Football Club. So whether that is in the um, hospitality areas, whether that's in stewarding, retail, match day operations, the idea will be that vendors who are selling big issue magazines on the streets right across Hampshire at the moment will, across the course of the coming months, there will be an opportunity for them to apply and hopefully get jobs at the football club. So it will be great for me to be able to see some of those people that have been covered on the on the front cover of the magazine or been featured in our Match of the Day video, I'm really looking forward to having them involved at the Southampton Football Club. Some of those people have infinite possibilities of what they can achieve with their life. They are very, very engaging, articulate men and women and potentially have just been dealt a, a hand that hasn't been kind to them. So we feel that it's really our role to, to give them a, a leg up. And that's what the big issue say, that they want to give a leg up, not a handout. And that's absolutely what we're buying into. So we really hope that it's a long-term relationship with the big issue, being hugely successful on lots of levels. But one of the things we don't want to do is just do a one-off activity that feels maybe a little bit random. We want to make sure that this is part of what we do for a long time to come. I think, as you say, it epitomises what the foundation is doing. And I actually had a friend that works in Winchester that was out on the high street that day and said to me, everything you said there, it was amazing to see the players um, engaged with them. The, the video, I think... Every time I watch it, it's sends shockwaves through you in terms of just realising that these people are, are normal and it's, uh, it's amazing. So I think it's brilliant to see the foundation involved with the big issue. In terms of some of the other projects, those that you're allowed to talk about, Greg, what sort of other things are on the go that people may not know about? 
I guess what we're always fighting the battle of is getting our message out there. I, I feel really, really confident that we do a great job and we do actually help change the lives of the young people and adults that we're working with. But I, I think you've probably summed it up there, the challenge in terms of getting that message out there and really getting it out there in a coherent manner. And in some ways, we do so much. We do too much. So actually, to get our message out there is really pretty, pretty difficult. But we're working right across from primary schools. So we run a programme called Primary Stars, working in 16 schools quite intensively a day a week where a project officer is working with young people and we've really evolved in the last few years so what might have been previously just about sport is now about PHSE is around enterprise around numeracy literacy so there's a real understanding that actually football and particularly with a certain demographic which sometimes typically can be boys but not exclusively actually that can be a really really powerful tool so we're working in 16 primary schools doing a lot of work in others as well but those are our core schools where we've got a member of staff in a day a week we've got six full-time members of staff in six of the secondary schools uh, running a program called community champions and those are doing a myriad of roles in the schools but that can vary between supporting young people that are really struggling with their education to running after school sports clubs running community activity saints of sport which i've mentioned which works with adults at risk in association with the society st james we run a program called premier league works which is getting young people into employment educational training so those young people that are potentially leaving school with probably the furthest away from the job market that you can be and really giving them the confidence and aspiration to want to achieve and then also the practical skills to be able to give them life skills, CV writing skills, actual practical job interviews. And at the other end of the generation, we're working on a project called Generation Gains, which is very kindly funded by the Zurich Community Trust, which is working with adults over the age of 65 in Southampton. And this is very much around working with people who are socially isolated. So that can be simply getting them into a room with other people where they actually feel that they're valued in society, but also lots of things around core strengthening to stop the likelihood of them having a fall. And that's been, again, really successful working, I believe, at the moment in 15 or so care homes and community centres across Southampton on a weekly basis. And that certainly had anecdotal evidence from a lady, I remember someone that we featured last year in one of our videos, I think she was 92, and she just said that it had pretty much given her a reason to live, that actually there was something there for her on a weekly basis where she could socialise with people. And then one of our most important programmes and one of our longest serving programmes is called Sensibility. So Sensibility is a uh, programme for young people and adults with physical disabilities. So we run football programmes, but we also much more again about raising aspirations. But we're working in SEN schools, working in community settings. We're doing now some specific disability work around Down syndrome and visually impaired young people. But we're also set up last year, which fans hopefully may have seen the first ever Hampshire Pan Disability Football League. So effectively, an opportunity for young people and adults, so under 12s, under 16s and, and, and adult leagues that are able to have exactly the same opportunity as a as an able-bodied young person or adult so the same as you and me ben used to play together in adult football actually this is an opportunity to have young people and adults able to replicate what able-bodied young people and adults are doing on a, on a regular basis so i think it's every fourth sunday we're running it at the moment and that's got teams from right across hampshire involved and something that will only get bigger in the future We're going to talk to Dirk Derrida now. I had the pleasure of meeting Dirk in Milan before our Europa League tie with Inter Milan last October. 
Dirk is probably too nice to say this, but he's a truly fantastic guy who gives up so much of his personal time to help people, including many homeless people in and around some of the areas that Dirk has lived. Dirk, in terms of you first getting involved in the foundation, how did you come about supporting Greg and the Saints Foundation? I was always interested because my profession, I'm a life coach of uh, homeless people with community working of uh, Argent, where the village where we live. So every team Steve has played, I made the connection with the community working. So the first time I was in uh, Southampton, I have a connection with uh, Tina, Tina from the foundation. And we talk a lot about the community. And then she told about, I was very interested in Sense for Sport because they they do the same thing as we do in Belgium. So for my profession. And so we made a connection. Then it grew. They come to Belgium and we come to the Sense Foundation. And then uh, things happen between the two football clubs, Argent and the Sense Foundation. And I had a link with the two and Steve. Through the foundation and Kick for Life, I believe you got a chance to travel out to Lesetho in Africa. What was that experience like, Dirk? Once in a lifetime. Um, it's too much to tell in words. You must be dead. It changed my thinking of everything. It's just a year ago, and I'm still vibrations if I'm thinking of that. It's one of the most beautiful things I've done in my life. And the Sands Foundation, they're very thankful because that was not for my profession, that was a volunteer, but it's special. I think everybody must do something like that. Then we got a, a better world and football can change the world. It's just 10 days, but it's an impact for the, the rest of your life. You're right, football is a religion in England and I think being able to take it abroad and make people smile and things like that is, is amazing. So I can imagine it was a once-in-a-lifetime experience there. The, the whole idea from the Sense Foundation is so, so beautiful because we have another culture in Belgium. You raise money in England when, when you collect money. The people, I did it for Lizard at St. Mary's, and the people come to you. When we collect in Belgium, it's another culture. A little bit selfish, some people, and they always say, why not for our people? We have also homeless people, we have also disadvantaged people. And I found it so beautiful that Sense Foundation have the magic trick to do it. And they say it's half for the Sense Foundation and it's half for the people in a resort and it works. Finally, we're going to speak to Robbie, a.k.a. at Saints in France, one of the most passionate and engaging Saints fans there is out there. Not only that, but he's a really big advocate and contributor to the Saints Foundation's success. Robbie, like Dirk, can you tell us a bit about what first inspired you in wanting to support the Saints Foundation? Yeah, it was purely by chance, which goes back to one of Greg's points about getting the message out there. I, obviously, being on Twitter and, and talking to Saints fans a lot, got to be friends with Lisa Latona. And it then came to light what she did for her job. She explained a lot more about what she did. And then I started looking into the foundation, what they do. And it was truly inspiring. I mean, I, I got the feeling straight away that she, and no doubt all the other staff, truly 
enjoyed and loved what they did, the helping people and the disadvantaged people that a lot of others would frown upon or not get involved with because there's an option for failure. That inspired me greatly. My wife is disabled, unfortunately. It just brought it home to me that there's so much more that was being done. And also the fact that it was in the community, based in and around Southampton and based with the club. I know you've undertaken your own fundraising on several occasions, haven't you? What was your most recent challenge and just how rewarding was the whole experience? As I, I'm pretty sure you got a chance to complete it with some close friends and fellow foundation fundraisers, is that right? Well, yeah, looking back, very rewarding. At the time, not so, but I'll explain why. It was the 10K, the ABP 10K in April, and I got fantastic support from the Saints Twitter fans. They were brilliant, raised several hundred pounds, and I did the 10K with two good friends that are also really good Saints supporters, which was a lady called Penny and another lady called Julie. Slightly before the event, managed to break a bone in my foot, so that was good fun because it was either a case of leaving it until after to seek treatment or not taking part. And the actual race was more of a, a walk, but it was completed. We got through it. I stuck with Julie. She had a very bad knee, but we were just determined to do it. And yeah, looking back, that was fantastic. And the other inspiration for that was prior to my wife's injury, she always wanted to do a marathon. So this is where personal life and the work with the foundation come together for me because I see them helping so many people that are in my wife's situation and we both take a lot of inspiration from that. It makes our daily life, just makes it a lot easier seeing that other people are out there and overcoming obstacles on a daily basis with the help of the foundation. You've probably answered this question a little bit in your answer there, which was fantastic. And congratulations, obviously, for completing it. If someone was sat at home listening to this and thinking of getting involved themselves and supporting the Saints Foundation, maybe hadn't as yet, what would you say to them? First thing I would say, would go onto the Foundation website. It is an invaluable source of information. It tells you everything. It tells you everything that they do. And it will give anyone at home an idea of how much hard work goes in to the results that they achieve. Greg will obviously confirm this, but if you love what you do, you do it well. And I've got no doubt that the recruitment officer at the foundation is doing a superb job because there's no way anyone just in that job for the foundation that was just trying to do a nine to five and then go home would get the results that they do. So firstly, I would say, look at the website, see what's going on. The other thing I would say was it's not to underestimate yourself. Don't think what difference can I make? Even going on Twitter, following the foundation and just doing a retweet, just looking at one of the events going on and just thinking, I'll do a retweet for that. Someone somewhere will see that and they will buy a ticket for an event or they will think, yeah, maybe my son would be interested or my daughter or I know somebody that could do with some help or that could give a little bit of help. And it's invaluable because every single pound comes to a large amount and it's not necessarily financial even just putting the foundation out there is massive. I mean, as Southampton as a club, I think we're on about 800,000 followers. If we can get a small percentage of those followers now going on to following the foundation, seeing what they're doing and helping to promote it, it's fantastic. Absolutely. And just to confirm, the website is www.saintsfoundation.co.uk. 
And as Robbie says, you can also follow them on Twitter. That's at SFC underscore foundation. They're currently sitting at just under 14,000 followers. So doing really well. But I think um, anyone and everyone can get involved and help and support them. www.saintsfoundation.co.uk or on Twitter at SFC underscore foundation. Ben, I want to say what Robbie is telling us. That's what I fully agree because that's why you must do it. And um, Robbie, you have my support. Thank you, Derek. Because the three things that the foundation said, inspire, support, and deliver, positive to change some people, count also for the people that help. Greg, if people have listened and, and liked what they've heard, what's the best way for them to get involved and, and how can they get involved in the foundation alongside what Robbie's spoken about? First and foremost, just thank you to Dirk and to Robbie for A, for their kind words and, and B, obviously for all the support they've given us over the years, and both in terms of getting the message out there and also the money that they've raised as well has been hugely valuable. So we're indebted to support from people like you two. And so thank you very much. And honestly, it is really, really, truly appreciated by all of us that work at A, at the club and, and B, in the foundation. There's lots of ways for people to get involved, be that around physical activity or, or whether you want to come and hear from some players, et cetera, et cetera. So just in terms of a few things, and we've got lots of things going on, but um, we've got opportunities to be physical. So we have places in the ABP half marathon next April. So if people wanted to, to run that, then they would be more than welcome. So they could contact the foundation office. We also have the Big Bike Challenge. So this year, we've done the Big Bike Challenge, as fans might know, for the last five years. For the last couple of years, we've ridden back from away grounds to uh, to come back to St Mary's. So in 2015, we did from Crystal Palace. Last year was from Stoke. This year, we're going ever so slightly further, and we're coming back from Manchester City, obviously the last game of the season. So there's an opportunity to ride from Manchester over three days and two days. And there's also an opportunity to join us halfway or uh, two days in and a day in to the ride as well. So that's obviously something that someone can get involved in should they wish. For something slightly less physical on the 22nd of November, we have a game of two halves at the stadium. So we had a really, really successful first game of two halves earlier this year, which had, I think, as I mentioned before, four of the first team players gave up their evenings and were fantastic sports to raise money for the foundation. So last year we had Charlie Austin, Stuart Taylor, Maya Ishida and Shane Long. They competed against a team of ex-Saints. We're, we're doing the same format again this year. So that would be fantastic if people want to come along to that. And then there will also be the Saints Together dinner in March next year. So Saints Together is a campaign that we run really to try and get our message out there. We ran it for the first time this year and we will run it again, but really showing how the football club and the foundation are, are really working to the same aims. And then there's also the auction site as well. So we have an auction page on, on eBay, which is an opportunity to buy pretty unique items in terms of Saints signed shirts, match-worn shirts, match-worn boots, balls, etc., etc. So we never really quite know what we're going to get, but we can get shirts from various games, which will um, be worn by the players, which will go up on eBay, and hopefully someone can buy something pretty unique. So as I say, lots of ways to get involved, or we're also really open to hear people's ideas. I had a call a few days ago about someone that wanted to scoot from Brighton to Southampton, and you know we're open to working with people that really want to support our work in lots of different ways and also if someone wants to go off and do a challenge and raise money for us well of course we're happy to support so there's lots of ways to get involved um, and lots of people like Robbie and, and Dirk have done some weird and wonderful stuff for us in the past and hopefully long may that continue brilliant stuff Greg and I know just to finish you wanted to talk about an upcoming event that's running at the Sea City Museum is that right yeah, so Southampton Football Club will be working in partnership with Southampton City Council to run a, an exhibition all about Saints launching at the Sea City Museum in March 2018 and running for a period of around about six months. Two things really on, on the podcast is 
is one to ask if there's any Saints fans that have anything weird and wonderful items or stories that they want to be featured in the exhibition, please get in touch with me, either at my email address, which is gbaker at saintsfc.co.uk, or there is a special email address set up just for the exhibition at exhibition at saintsfc.co.uk. And similarly, we would like to invite fans to come along to that exhibition. We think you'll find out something, whether that's about our history, whether it's about the here and now, and something that will be really, really engaging. So people want to have a good day out in March 2018 onwards, then I really encourage them to come along to that exhibition, which I think will be a really good snapshot of Saints history. And as I say, you will learn something about how the club operates today and all of the, the great stuff that we do behind the scenes, whether that's through the academy or recruitment, etc., etc. I couldn't let you three go without not talking about football. Greg, I appreciate as an employee of Saints you can't talk about anything too specific, but in terms of the start to the season that Saints have made on the pitch under Maurizio, what have you made of it? Um, I think it's been a positive start. Obviously, there's been some results that are not as good as we would like. You know, My personal opinion in terms of the two players that have come in, Mario Lamina and Wesley Hoyt look like they're fantastic additions and it looks like our recruitment guys have done a great job already. So I think the Premier League is a tough league to play, but ultimately I think we're in a pretty good place. I think we've got some fantastic people that run the football operations right through from the academy, Les Reed, Ross Wilson in recruitment, and also from the first team perspective as well. So I think we're in a really good place and long may that continue and, and I'm sure we'll be very successful. Robbie, in terms of players on the pitch, Greg's obviously mentioned Mario Lamino. I think he's someone that stood out for me. Is there anyone else alongside him who's uh, impressed you so far in the start of the season? Definitely Mario. I mean, he looks like he's been at the club for five years and he's been playing our system for that long as well. There's hard to find another player that's come in that has ever settled in that quickly. So, yeah, I think his future is very bright with us. No puns about any other clubs coming in for him. But, yeah, I'm quite happy with the start of the season, to be honest. I get a lot of stick online because they're saying, how can you be happy? We're not winning, we're not scoring goals. But that will come. The confidence will come back to our strike force, no doubt, when the goals start going in. And I think once they start, they'll continue. I would like to see another striker maybe coming in 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 January. But I think we're in a good place. So, yeah, I, I agree with Greg. I think we're in a good place and I think it's going to improve week by week and game by game as it goes on now. Dirk, in terms of Steve, obviously he always came across as a, a great lad when he was at Saints. I know we've had our conversations about him and Saints' involvement up through the leagues and such like. I know he's with Lockeran now, isn't he, back in Belgium? And I, I know he has a young family. So how, how is Steve enjoying being back and playing in Belgium? He's very happy. Like you said, he has now two kids. He's now an old player because he is now 30. Uh, he learned a lot in, in Southampton. Uh, some people think Steve wasn't happy, but it's make him grow up. And uh, he had a good time, and he learned a lot in, in England. And was lucky to learn to know him as a human and not as a player, like Lalana and Guli and, and Steve learned a lot. Of, and now he is one of the important players in uh, Lokeren, and I'm very happy. He's now, all the young players, the talents of Logan, they are very happy with, with Steve. And they say, we learned a lot of Steve and he helped them so much. And I think learned that in England, in Southampton. So we are both once a sand, always a sand. 
Well, it's great to hear, and I think many Saints fans, myself included, will always remember his fantastic goal at Reading when we only had 10 men after Dean Hammond got sent off. As I say, I think he came across as a great lad. Good to know that he's doing well in Belgium. Yeah, thank you. I want to say some about the Saints Foundation. On YouTube, you have made an interview with the mum of Kale that came to Belgium with with the Saints for Sport. That interview is so beautiful and say it all what it means. I think Greg know what I... I yeah, think. yeah. There's a young lad called, I believe, Carl Muscle. Yeah. I think that's how you pronounce yeah. his surname. Yeah. Who was on our Saints for Sport programme. Who went over to Belgium for the Belgium Homeless Cup with Dirk's guys as well. And yeah, his mum talks very yeah. eloquently about yeah. how he's turned his life around through the foundation and also through um, Society St. James, our partner, has been pretty integral in his turnaround. So but yeah, it's a great story and hopefully typical yes. of what we're doing in lots of people's lives. Two minutes, say it all. I hope you've enjoyed this Total Saints podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to Greg, Robbie and Dirk. All four of us hope you found it interesting and inspiring as well. The Saints Foundation is doing amazing things. It's quite clear from listening to the stories of the guys that proves that alongside the football club. And they're always looking for those willing to help support them any way they can. So I guess the question to ask yourself now, you listening to this podcast, are you someone that could help? If you are, you know what to do. You can find out more details on www.saintsfoundation.com in the meantime as I say my greatest of thanks to Greg Baker head of Saints Foundation Robbie at Saints in France and Dirk de Ridder don't forget to follow us on social media and tell your friends about the podcast but more importantly tell them about the Saints Foundation otherwise for now keep marching in away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.